Hi and welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma. I'll be your host for the day. Hey Krishi, this is Paroma. Welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast titled Sunny Side Up. We're really happy to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing absolutely great. Thanks so much. I'm super honored to be here. Really excited and ready to answer some questions. That's great. Do you want to start by telling our audience about you? Absolutely. You know, I, I sort of happened upon SaaS sales almost by accident. I, I befriended someone. His name's Sonny. He was actually my first manager over at Lead Forensics. He's, he's actually working at Salesforce now. I started off at Lead Forensics. It's a B2B reverse IP lead generation platform, really an early precursor. So I started off mm-hmm. as a full cycle rep. It was prospecting to close. It was the cold calling, the demonstration, the negotiation. I was everything. After that, I was promoted after about seven months to a strictly closing role. Uh, Soon after that, about seven months later or so, so I spent about a year and a half at Lead Forensics, I was approached by Marketo, which is an industry-leading marketing automation platform. There, I worked the commercial segment, which was 50 to around 1,100 employees, spent about a year there, and, and I really enjoyed it. There were some organizational changes uh, being made with the company being sold, things were going on in the Atlanta office. And I knew about SalesLoft. It had been on my radar for a couple of years. I watched the company grow from a startup, you know, just a couple people in a closet to a couple hundred employees, really wanted to get into something that was Atlanta-based, something that was more of a startup where I could really grow. So I, I made my transition March of last year. And if anyone who's not familiar with SalesLoft, we're the number one sales engagement platform as rated by G2 Crowd. Here I'm working the commercial segment, which is 150 to 2,000 employees. So yeah, it's a little bit about my journey through, through SaaS sales. That's been an interesting journey. So how's it been so far at, sales, at SalesLoft? It's been absolutely incredible. I can't say good enough things about Lead Friends and Marketo. They taught me a lot. It was definitely a journey, but SalesLoft is really just where I found my home. I wake up every single day excited to go to work. I love my managers, my VP, but just the culture here is incredible. We have five core values that we really live and breathe by. And as a salesperson selling to salespeople, I'm selling something that I I truly believe in. I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid. I use the tool every single day so I can really speak to the value. And with the way that the company is growing, I was employee like 308. And I believe we're getting close to 400. So it's incredible to see the company grow as well. So you've been in the sales segment for a while now. What what are the current trends that you see in the B2B marketplace? So I would say with sales, the biggest thing that I'm seeing and maybe being a bit biased here, but I really see a lot of push in a sales engagement platform. The whole world right now is paying attention to sales engagement. The best leaders are finding out about it. They're learning about it and they're taking it in for what it is. And and sales engagement is the way you're going to market. It consists of a multi-touch cadence that you have with your sellers and your customers. And I've seen, you know, there's a Topo report that goes in that shows that 87% of sales development organizations have actually adopted a sales engagement platform. Outside of that, part of sales engagement is taking a multi-channel approach. So whether you invest in a sales engagement platform or not, Taking a multi-channel approach is absolutely huge because we do. We live in a world of ever-evolving touch points, right? You have five, 10 years ago, it was phone and email, but now yeah. it's phone, email. It's multi-channel and it's, it's so complicated, yeah. It is very complicated. And you think sellers are coming at you from every single angle. And that same Topa report that I would just mentioned 
says that 80% of top performing sales organizations use at least three channels. So if you're just using phone and you're just using email, chances are you're missing the mark. Okay. So when it comes to sales engagement, what are your predictions for this year? How do you see B2B segments adopting this technology in, in the next couple of months? What kind of demands would you see in terms of features in sales engagement platforms? In a sales engagement platform, so I think it is an evolving market, right? I think that salespeople have been a bit slower slower to adopt it. My CEO, actually, Kyle Porter, said for salespeople today, it's not enough to be human. You have to partner with machines. Because even for companies that are high volume, low volume, it really is about going after them with personalized touches, being politely persistent. And I think that marketing teams have been really great in adopting the new technologies that they need to arm their workers, their account managers, their you know content developers with the correct tools. But, but so sales has just been a little bit slower to pick up on that. And I just think that traditionally, salespeople have gone about doing things the old school way, right? But without enabling your reps to drive activities by prioritizing their top tier accounts, as well as their prospect and client engagement, essentially, you're asking them to build a mountain with a shovel. You're just not equipping them with the appropriate tools. Absolutely. So then in this entire sales enablement adoption trends, are you seeing a lot of data? What kind of demand for data are you seeing in sales teams? With sales teams and the data that they're they're currently using, the companies right now have to work off accurate forecasts. So companies with accurate sales forecasts are 10% more likely to grow revenue year over year and 7.3% more likely to hit quota. So the question kind of becomes, what do I see you know, versus what do you need to fix? So some of the data that I'm seeing that, that I hear over and over again is things like individual and team quota, because you have to determine what defines success for your organization. But then past that, you need to have data into a document and structured sales process. So if your reps aren't consistently using the same stages, you know, same steps, then you're not going to be able to predict the likelihood of a closing opportunity. So you need data on that. You need data on accountability. When a salesperson misses forecasts, how do you drill down into why? What's the data to back that up? Transparency is another one. <laughs> and it's kind of a joke. You call it Salesforce because half the time you have to force salespeople to use it, right? The data right. in Salesforce isn't always accurate. But where salespeople often miss the mark is understanding the value that that data in Salesforce and how heavily their sales leaders, marketing leaders, and revenue leaders rely on that. Because it's too hard to build a predictable pipeline with inaccurate data. Yeah. And then from the sales side, I think with the salespeople, the data that they need to rely on is just, you know, arming your salespeople with the data that they need. And that comes down to lead intelligence, whether that's mm-hmm. time zone, activity history, personality disposition, press releases. So there's definitely, I would say a lot of these data points aren't necessarily newer things, but with the market and with SaaS technology, they're ever evolving. So we're going to switch the track here a little. Of course, in the MarTech space, there's been a lot of adoption for account-based marketing. And I think every second B2B company out there is swearing by it and its results. Are you seeing a lot of uh, demand for account-based selling? What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. The marketing teams have really picked up on ABM. And, you know, ABM was a huge buzzword starting in 2017, really growing in 2018. 
And I almost think it, it's sort of a loosely defined term that everyone uses, but but few understand. I think it's companies like yours, like Demand Matrix, that are trailblazing to define what it truly means to take an account-based approach. You know, big data, narrow eye, intent data at scale. But ABM is meant to drive alignment between sales and marketing. So I think with with sales, sales, once again, this kind of comes down to, to being a little bit slower to adoption. So I think that it's people are taking an account-based approach, but I think that some companies are doing it differently. There's no real clear defined way that they're doing it. So they need to invest in technology that's going to make that easier for them as well. You know, everyone has a different perspective on what account-based means for them. But until people really drive that account-based approach with their marketing team, they need to align to what that means. Because otherwise, there's going to be inconsistency in messaging and inconsistencies on on the goals that each team is trying to drive towards. So this brings us to the next question on alignment between sales and marketing. That's always been a bit of a struggle. So how else would you tell upcoming startups in this MarTech and uh, sales tech space? How would you tell them to align their goals and align their processes more to achieve better ROI? That's a really great question. You know, it's pretty well known that sales and marketing don't always see eye to eye. So I think that aligning to sales and marketing, you know, it really comes down to personalization, right? Everybody wants to feel special. So you need to engage with that prospect, that customer, and the way that they're engaging with you. Marketing has a great handle on this, you know, with website personalization, dynamic and predictive content. So I think Mm -hmm. that what sales needs to focus on, it's all about quality, not quantity. So my biggest advice to salespeople is to shut up and listen. If you're a rep that's going to solely focus on feature function, you're not going to grow the rep or the business. So our data scientist did a sales law study that showed that sales leaders felt like salespeople weren't listening, which I think is crazy because 90% of decision makers are more likely to purchase if their needs are demonstrated in the sales process. And so going back to aligning sales and marketing it really is all about listening. And it's not just your customers that you need to listen to, right? Marketing automation has been around for 20 years and it still remains that 52% of sales reps don't hit quota. So coming from a marketing background myself, I see the importance of marketing automation. There's a lot of things that it can do. It's all about market awareness, visibility and the effectiveness of traction on the website, associate ROI with marketing campaigns. But the problem is that when a lead leaves marketing automation and goes into the hands of the sales team. Not every marketing team can say that they truly trust their sales field and follow up consistently with the leads that, you know, their blood, their sweat and tears have generated for them. And that's kind of where sales engagement comes into play. This is where you can put those MQLs into a one-on-one personalized cadence that's owned by the sales rep, a place where your sales rep can execute on their account-based strategy with proven metrics to build best practices and generate predictable pipeline. And so there are also things in conjunction where you can push leads from marketing to through Salesforce or you know your CRM specifically into the appropriate cadence for the rep. And marketing teams can sit there and they can help with the messaging, the alignment, so that marketers can actually go back into their CRM and get the analytics that they need to prove their impact while also having that transparency. So there's a lot of new technology that's coming about this year, especially in 2019, that's really going to drive that, build the bridge, so to speak, between sales and marketing. 
So you spoke about personalization and of course, hyper-personalization has been a big deal here in this market at least. So let's talk a little bit about uh, relevant sales experiences for customers. Besides personalization, what do you think would be a big trend in the next couple of months? Would you foresee for the entire B2B sales segment in terms of experiences, end user experiences, what would be the most in demand? Most in demand. Um, so as far as like taking like the multi-channel approach, I mean, I think that some of the other technologies outside of sales engagement, I think that there are some other technologies that are coming about, you know, video personal, when uh, I know that's still personalization, but going on, you know, with video. Really- so different kinds of engagement, different kinds of formats. Yeah, so different uh, engagement. I think that there's a huge trend. We're almost going back old school with direct mail. I've seen direct mail really make a comeback towards the end of last year. And after doing you know a bit of research and looking at different organizations and speaking with different organizations, a lot of people are going back to direct mail, taking that more one-on-one approach, whether they're face-to-face or not, sending things over like you know, a a glass of champagne promising the bottle of champagne when the deal closes. Mm -hmm. Things that, you know, other, you know, people were so used to doing, we drove away from for so many years, but we're starting to see that make a comeback and we're starting to see a huge ROI from that, not just within my organization, but the organizations that I speak to every single day. So it's all come full circle. We've been seeing this trend through, you know, especially last year during the holiday season. And it was interesting to notice how people really appreciate direct mail. Yeah. I mean, even I've gotten meetings before just by saying, hey, let me send over your team some lunch. I know that you guys are super busy. I'll send your team some lunch so that, you know, while I'm talking to you, you've got something to do. And you'd be surprised at the amount of people who will sit down to get some free food. But I mean, you know, the ROI does come full circle. You know, you do get business out of it. That's pretty interesting. I think there'll be a big demand, big trend for that in 2019. So we close and wrap this up here with just one last question. Is there anything you'd like to share with the young sales tech staff entering the marketplace this year? Of course. I think with, I'll even take the words from someone else. Henry F. Banks says, a salesperson minus enthusiasm is just another clerk. So my advice to you just would be to stay hungry once it more than you. And if you aren't taking care of your customer, your competitor will. So stay hungry and work hard. Don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. Yes is the destination, but getting to a no quicker is also very valuable. But above all, if you can just treat your customers the way that you want to be treated, that'll gain you a lot of respect and people buy from people they respect. That's amazing, Christy. Thank you so much for taking time out to be here today. Take care and we'll see you again here sometime soon. Thanks so much. Bye.